If you're ready for the word of the Lord, come on, let's say an amen. Let's welcome our online audience today. Man, we are so glad that you're watching. Whether you're watching here locally or you're watching somewhere around the world, we welcome you to our broadcast here at Destiny Church. We want to invite you, if you're ever in our area, please stop in, be our special guest. We hook you up with some free gifts, let you know how much we love you and appreciate you. It's one thing to experience online. It's another thing on a whole nother level when you experience it in person. Well, today we're going to continue in our series we've called The Good News. How many are excited about the good news of the gospel? Amen? Man, we, we've got the good news. We spent the first part of this series talking about the bad news and the good news. If you can understand the bad news, then you really understand how good the good news is. When I understand just how bad the bad news is, it really turns the light on to how good this good news is. And then Paul, last week, he encouraged us. Remember, he goes, those people, those people, they were the ones who left God. But God, they returned back to God, and God blessed them, forgave them. And those people were moved by kindness of God. God's kindness moved them from their sin. And he says that this, that we were those people. His kindness brought us out of our sin into his grace. And we can't look at people and say, oh, they're beyond hope. I can't look at somebody. I can tell you right now, this room is full of people who've done great on second and third and fourth and fifth chances. You guys are a walking testimony. Amen. Amen. So if God can do it for you, he can do it for them. Amen. Today we're talking about the good news about our joy. The good news about our joy. Have you ever potty trained a dog? You remember those cute little puppies? They're not cute when they start going to the bathroom in your house. So you start teaching them to go outside and go potty. And when they go outside and go potty, you know, it's, it's so cute. I, we taught our dog. I was like, Molly, do you need to go potty? And her ears just perk up. And she'll look at me and she'll pause. And if I just move a twitch, she's automatically doing circles like this in the middle of the living room because she's waiting to go outside. She lets me know she's got to go potty. And so she goes to potty, she comes in, and we go over to the snack bar and I get her a little doggy treat. That's a good girl. Oh, you're such a good girl. Yeah, daddy. Daddy's girls up by you have potty outside. Here's your treat. And we reward it and we celebrate it with our dogs. Matter of fact, isn't that the way we do with our children as well, right? You ever, ever potty trained when you're a child? Yeah, you remember when you're trying to teach them to go potty? I remember uh, one of our children, I don't want to embarrass him, uh, so I won't mention his name, Preston. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> when he was learning to be potty trained, he, he would come to the toilet and he would put the lid down and, and he would then climb up on there backwards and sit so he could lean his head just like this. And just rest there, like, I'm going to be here a while, Dad. You might as well just go do your thing. I'm chilling. I'm good. We actually have a picture of that, and his mom wanted me to share it, but I was like, honey, he was 12. Let's don't do that, okay? Anyway, just kidding. He was two. He was two. He was two. But, you know, you're training your kids. They go to potty. You're like, yeah, yeah, we did potty. We did potty. And you give them rewards, stars, treats, whatever you do. You celebrate it. Oh, you did a big job. You're such a big girl. You're such a big boy. And we celebrate. Why? Because we want to reward good behavior. We, we, we want to celebrate good behavior. See, we, we, we have to celebrate good behavior. 
We gotta celebrate, why? Because what gets celebrated gets elevated. Come on, let's say it together. What gets celebrated gets elevated. So in our life, if there is no joy, if there is no peace, then what are we celebrating? We gotta look and say, what am I taking time to celebrate? Because what I celebrate will get elevated in my life. And so if I'm not experiencing the joy of the Lord the way I need to, it's because I'm not taking time to celebrate the goodness of God, what God's done in my life, and remind myself I have a reason to celebrate. I have a reason to be happy. I have a reason to walk around with a smile. I have a reason, and his name is Jesus, and the good news has changed my life. So Paul is really going to challenge us today, okay? So Paul's writing to us. Remember, we're in the book of Romans studying this whole thing about the good news. Let's go to our text. We're going to be in Romans 5 today. Let's start in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? Peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Now this word peace here. It's not how you think. Many times when we read this, we think of God gives us peace. Yeah, there's a peace like a river flowing through my soul. That is true. God will pour out a spirit of peace in your life. But this is not the same peace that's being talked about in this verse. What he's saying is this, is that God made peace with you and I. That while we were yet sinners, and the Bible says whether you have one sin or a million sins, that all sin separates us, it offends God, and he cannot be in the presence of sin. So therefore, God had to do something, and God made peace with you and I. That when we didn't even acknowledge him, when we ran from him, when we turned our back on him, when we didn't even know him, he made the first peace offering. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. Come on, thank you. Someone say, thank the Lord that he made peace with me. So all who believe in his son, Jesus, now and believe that he died on the cross for their sins, they have now received Peace from God. God has made peace with you. That's a reason to be excited. I don't know if you've ever studied the judgment of God. But let me tell you, it's some heavy-duty stuff, okay? We can spend all day talking about how heavy the judgment of God is. But God doesn't look at you and I with judgment. He looks at us with peace. He has made peace with us. And it wasn't, he didn't make peace with us because of what we did. He took the first step in love and said, I'll make peace ahead of time. Before you ever accept it, I'm going to make peace with you. And I'm going to send a peace offering. It's my son. So he says, we can be really excited that God made peace with us. So when we understand how bad the bad news is, we can really understand how good the good news is. Now, he wants a revelation of the good news. He wants the revelation of the good news to bring a joy into our life. He wants this joy to be there. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my what? strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He wants me to walk in the joy, the strength of the Lord. What gets celebrated gets... Come on, let's say it. What gets celebrated gets elevated. 
So how about we learn to celebrate the joy of the Lord in our life? Because the more I experience the joy, the more I walk in the joy, the more strength I'm going to walk in from the Lord. So let's, let's do that. So how do we do that? Let's, let me give you a few ways today to do that. How do we celebrate this goodness of God and walk in this joy? Number one, we got to celebrate the peace of God. We just talked about it. Learn to celebrate that God made peace with us. Let's go back to that verse again. Let's read the first part of it. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. How do I celebrate? I celebrate that God, you made things right. You made me right. That is a legal term. It's not just, you know, I made things right. No, it's a legality term that we find that means not guilty to be acquitted. Now, I don't know if you've ever been accused of anything. Whether you thought you was guilty or not, when you stand trial, everybody wants to hear the same thing. Not guilty, you have been acquitted. And our life is on trial. We will stand before our God one day. And the great news is this, God made peace with us. And when we accept what his son did on the cross, it says that he has made us right. He has found us not guilty. We have been acquitted of all of our sins. Come on now, we've been made right before God. If you can't get joy for any other thing in your life, you should stand to your feet and give God praise that he acquitted you. Come on, he's forgiven you. He's given you freedom today. If nothing else, you should be able to celebrate every day. You've been found not guilty. I mean, this is a reason for joy to be there. God says, I've made you right, not guilty. I've justified you, justification, to be declared righteous because of what my son did. He took your punishment, and now I've given you his peace. I've given you my peace. I've made peace with you. And number two, we celebrate God's blessing. Learn to celebrate God's blessing. Now look at verse two. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved, isn't that awesome? Undeserved privilege where now we can stand and we can confidently, listen, confidently we are what full of joyfully, joyful look forward to sharing God's glory. He says we stand in joy of our undeserved privilege. Come on, have you ever received undeserved privilege before? Have you ever been somewhere and you knew somebody and you get to cut into the front of the line? Have you, have you ever had a kid who broke their leg and you take them to, to Six Flags or Silver Dollar City and they give you a wheelchair and let you go right to the front of the line? You're like, somebody's got to wrap that ankle up in an ace bandage every time before we go. <laughs> Somebody's going to be hurt. We ain't waiting in this line all day. It's, it's amazing what happens when you get VIP treatment. I remember one time in 2017 that I got a phone call from the University of Oklahoma. Any, any Sooner fans in the house? Come on, give me a big boomer. Okay, there we go. And you guys know that's my team. And so uh, I, I was like, hello? He's like, hey, we, we, we want to invite you and your son down 
to one of our games. We want them to come on a recruiting trip, and we want to give you free tickets to the game. Would you come early and meet the coaching staff, tour the locker room, come on the field. We'll take care of everything. we got lunch provided. Come down. We want you to come down. And so they said, can you be there? And before they ever get out, I'm like, yes, we will be there. Like, let me check my schedule, you know? And we're like, oh, we are having a, we're playing a championship game. Our son was playing in the state championship game at Mizzou on that night. They won the state championship at Webb City that night. And then they, they, we drove all night. They got back here about 3 o'clock in the morning. They did a parade downtown. Everybody's honking them, cheering for them. Everybody else goes to bed. We go home about 3.30. And I'm up at 5 o'clock driving because we got to be in Norman, Oklahoma by 10 a.m. But how many know, it's all right. I'm getting the VIP treatment. I'm going to be there. And so we get there. And before, when I've gotten there before, I had to pay a pretty good price for those tickets. I had to walk in like sardines with everybody else. I had to walk in with everybody else getting pushed and pushed along. Everybody's sitting there and you, you go to sit down. You're like, dude, man, your, your cheek's halfway on my number. Scoot over. <laughs> and we're all in there like sardines, you know. And, but it's all right. We're having fun. But I, don't never, I never got to go on the field. They never let me go back with the coaches and the players. But this day. They gave me a badge, a VIP badge. Gave my son a VIP badge. And we walked into a different entrance where the coaches and the players went. How many know Pastor Gene ate every minute of this up? I walk in, they give us a VIP badge. They, we sign up there with the other recruits. We meet some of the former players that are there. We meet the coaching staff. We, they have a big lunch ready for us. We're eating with the coaches' lunch in. <laughs> Laughing it up, you know, talking football, eating lunch. And then we go in and we, we, the, the bus pulls up and the players come right in. And they're coming right there next to me. Here comes Baker Mayfield. Hey, Bake, what's up? Heisman Trophy win. We're like, hi, good game, Bake. Here comes Mark Andrews. Here comes Creed Humphrey. I mean, all these guys coming in right there and then they say all right we're going to take you back and show you the locker room they show us around and then they say we're going to, we're going to take you on the field with the, with the players and so they take us out for pregame we're out there on the field and i walk out <laughs> i'm looking out in the stands like hey you peasants up there in the stands <laughs> this is great i'm on the field i'm down here with jim ross I'm out of here with president of the university, or the coaching staff, and we're just talking, taking pictures on the field, having a good time. You know, and I see some of my family up in the stands, way up there, like, I loved it. And then they come over before the game starts and says, we're going to take you to your seats. And they take us across the field, and they take us to a secret gate I didn't even know was there. Right there in the middle of the field, the, the skate opens up, and we climb right out there on to the right there, right, right behind the bench on the 50-yard line. We're sitting right there in the best seats of the house, enjoying the game, great game. Then they come and get us and take us back out on the field at the end of the game and take us back through the tunnel, and we, we say goodbye to the coaching staff. You know, that, that was a pretty cool experience to get to have. And you know why they did that? They did that. They gave me a VIP pass. Because they really wanted me to come and play. <laughs> they were checking me out. How much eligibility do you have left? We heard some good things. We saw some old black and white real tape of you. And we wanted to know if... Some of you players don't even know what I'm talking about. All right. 
They didn't do that. They gave me a VIP pass though. And I was able to go where I wanted. I was able to go experience all of that. Not because of what I had done, but because of my relationship with my son. Because of the relationship with the son, I was given a VIP pass and I could experience things that I never would have got to experience on my own because of my relationship with my son. And what you got to realize is that because of your relationship with the son, God wants to do something in your life. He wants you to understand you've been given a VIP pass. You don't have to walk around all discouraged and defeated. Pastor Mike, come here. So today, if we sometimes we come and we, we feel like, oh, man, things just aren't working out for me. Man, thanks. God's not answering my prayer the way it needs to be. You know, I love the Lord. I experience a relationship with him. But, man, I, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel God's presence. I don't feel like the way I need to. And, and we just like, we walk around defeated, no joy. But what you got to realize is this, you've been given a VIP pass. At any time you want to experience the joy of the Lord, all you got to do is say, God, I need you today. God, walk with me today. God, Father, I need you to fill me today. And he will show up. The Bible says he will draw near to us. He will walk with us. He will fill us. He will lead us. He will carry us. He'll drag us if he needs to. He'll do whatever if we just look to him. We've been given a VIP pass with the Father and the Son. So I can live my life elevated in the joy of the Lord because of what Jesus did on the cross. And now my relationship with Jesus gives me a VIP pass with the Father. Somebody thank him for that. Amen. Thank you. Celebrate today. We've got to celebrate. We're celebrating God's blessing in our life. We discover this. We understand this. Now, I want the last thing I want you to do. I want you to learn to celebrate our hope. Celebrate our hope. Look what verses three through five said. We can rejoice. That means we can be joyful. Not only can we be joyful, we need to be joyful. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So it's a process that we're going through. There's a reason why we can rejoice even through the trying times is this, is that suffering leads to hope for the believer. That trials lead to strength of character for the believer. Look at this flow chart here. We learn to rejoice in our suffering because we know that God's building endurance, character, and hope. Now, today, since we're talking football, if you've never known this, every start of every season in the high school, college, and the pros, they must go through what's called camp time. Before they ever play a game, they've got to spend several weeks in camp football training. Now, especially when they get to the college level and the pro level, this gets elevated. It's a lot harder than the average Joe even realizes. 
Uh, my son, he was telling me to schedule them. Look at the schedule. When they're going to camp, they get up at 5.30 every morning, and they have to weigh in and see where they're at. Then they have to go to the nutritionist and, and talk, and then they have to get their breakfast, and then they go and they have to go do the workouts and lift, and then they have to go do the conditioning. And then they have to go run and practice, and then they have to have break for lunch, and then they come back after lunch, and they go on the field, and they practice, and they heat of the day, and then they come off the field, and they have dinner, and they come back, and they go through film sessions and watch their practice and watch what's going to happen. Planning sessions. You, gotta, you get called out. What do you do on this? And they got to know all this stuff and memorize all these plays. And they go back out for another walkthrough in the middle under the lights and then they get to the room about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and they repeat it over and over again for several weeks in a row. It's very, very painful and it's very mentally challenging and physically challenging. I've never met a I never met a player who enjoyed camp. They, they don't. They they hate camp. They they, they they hate it because it's just really really hard. Some of you players out there, am I saying it right? We they hate camp. So there's a reason why you have to go through camp. The coaches are trying to see how many guys are mentally tough. So that when they get into the regular season and they're in the fourth quarter and they're down by 14 points, who's going to give up or who has the character to last throughout the game and give it 100% and believe we can win in the end? See, the pain and suffering is building endurance, which builds character, which provides hope. And you remember, I worked through 110 degrees three days a day, three times a day. I can make it through this fourth quarter and not give up. It produces something. This is what God says. This same thing is happening in our life that the pain we go through, God is using that to produce endurance in our life that we can build tough character and to produce a hope of our salvation. So I can simply say, God, in my trials, I don't like it. Nobody does. Nobody likes the trial. Let's be honest. We hate the trial, but I can still have joy because I know the trial is taking me to a place of hope and endurance and character. Celebrate our hope. So look at this flow chart. I think we're, we're somewhere here in the middle, okay? We have the already, what God's already done, and then we have the things that God hasn't done yet. And we want God to change me. God, I want you to do this in me. God, I'm praying for this. God, I need this in my life. And we got this list of things that God hasn't done yet. Then we got this list of things that God has already done. God's already blessed me with. God's already brought me through. God's already brought me and produced character in my life. But I'm somewhere in the middle right here. And the problem is we, we start focusing on what God hasn't done. And it steals our joy. Man, I, I want joy, but man, there's a lot of things I'm wanting done. There's a lot of things I want God to answer. There's a lot of things I'm praying about. There's a lot of things I need to change in my life. And we get discouraged. It steals our joy. But you got to listen. You got to learn to go back and remember what God has already done. Answer the prayer already. What he's brought you out of already. The redemption, he's already giving you the grace. He's already giving the blessing. He's already done in your life. Think about where you used to be and where God's got you right now. That you're not going to be defeated. You're not going to give up. But God's going to build strength in you even in your toughest season. 
But I can't, I can't be so focused. There's nothing wrong with focusing on goals, focusing on change. But I, I got to stay encouraged. How do I do that? I remember what God did in my life. I remember what he did. And that brings joy to my spirit and to my life. The more I focus on what God has already done, the more joy I can walk in. We got to celebrate. Learn to celebrate. Learn to celebrate. I don't have, yeah, you do. You got to learn to celebrate that my name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. And that when I get before the Father, He's going to open it up and say, Come on in, Gene, my good and faithful servant. You have a reason to celebrate. You can celebrate today that God blesses me even when I don't deserve it. God has blessed me. I celebrate that God says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always. We've got to learn to celebrate the in-between. The mature celebrate right here. Immature, no joy. Mature, some things that need to be done, but... I'm going to celebrate what God's already done because if he did it then, he'll continue to do it going forward. As I close today, I'm I'm reminded of my parents. It's been a tough year, tough couple years for my my father and my mother, even my mother-in-law. As I watch these great women and men of faith taking care of my father as he gets older. I've seen so much he's had to go through. He's uh, had problems with sugar diabetes. If you know much about that, that begins to eat away at your arteries as you get older. And his arteries and his, his feet were deteriorated. So he lost circulation. And they, I was there as they went in and they had to amputate toe one after another trying to save him. They tried to cut one off and later on go back in and cut another one off. And it just a painful experience as he had to go through all that. And then finally, they're like, we can't save it. We're going to try to save your foot. And they cut off more than half his foot. And I watch him go through those trials. And my dad's always been a very active person all of his life, serving the Lord, serving the church. And just he's in the middle of everything all the time. I mean, something was going on. He was down there volunteering, helping. And now to see where he can't do those things and wasn't physically able to do those things and you know, for me, I would be discouraged, but I see him and, and I see that the joy of the Lord hasn't left his life. And that it, even though he can't remember that he's not allowed to drive a lot of times and he can't remember where, you know, certain things that happened yesterday or whatever, I'll say, Dad, pray for me. We're dead. And all of a sudden, I, I feel the presence of the Lord come and he hasn't forgotten where his hope comes from. And he hasn't forgotten where his strength lies. And I see him touch the heaven and I see him pray to the Father. And I, I see him celebrating his relationship with God, even in his hardest years. Why? Because I, he knows that even though there's a lot of pain and suffering going on right now, he knows how the end of the story li- is. He understands whether well, not yet, even though it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. And whether God heals him here or he passes on the glory and receives a new foot and receives a new healing, receives a new mind, he knows that God is going to complete what he's already started in his life. And they're walking in joy. It can't be taken away. Even on their down days, the Spirit of the Lord is there. And I move. I see it in my mother-in-law. I see it in my mom. I see it in my dad. And I'm reminded that even though the not yet is not there, hold on, church. Hold on, hold on, God is there. Hold on, God is there. And God is moving and will continue to move. This joy that I have, 
The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. What I celebrate gets elevated in Jesus' name. Come on, you got a hand clap if you believe that. Amen. I want you to bow your heads. As you bow your heads, I'm going to ask you the most important question you've ever been asked in your life. Have you surrendered your life fully to Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about how long you come to church. I don't want to know what your grandma, I want to know, have you made a decision personally to surrender your life to Jesus? The Bible says we must believe that he is the Messiah, God's only son. We must believe it. Do you believe? And then once I believe it, I believe he died on the cross for my sins. Then I must say, God, I'm ready to surrender my life to you. That's where, that's where it happens. It's where it's at today. We won't do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise you. But if you're ready today, without anybody looking at me, can you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm ready to make a decision to follow Jesus. Thank you for those hands. Raise it up right now. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. Come on now. If that's you, join them today. Say, I'm ready to make a decision. Thank you for lifting your hand. We're going to say a prayer out loud. If, if you raised your hand, I want you to repeat it after me. As Christians around you, we'll say it with you as well to help you along. Say, dear Jesus, I surrender all of my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you believe in your heart, we say, welcome to the family of God. Come on, give my a big hand clap.